What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. I am your girl Nikki and I'm okay with standing alone on this podcast. Today I just wanted to give you a brief introduction into who I am. And really the title of this episode is Why I Have Hope. So who is Nikki? I'm a black woman who was raised by her mom and her grandparents. Now, am I somebody who had those moments where I wish my dad was around? I can honestly say no <clears throat> because I was okay with with the family that I had around me. I was okay with how my grandmother my and my grandfather and my mom, you know, raised me, my sister, and my brother. I never had those moments where I was always wondering, you know, where where is my dad? I don't even think me and my sister and my brother even questioned my mom about where he was. I want to tell you a story. <clears throat> The story is about a black girl born into a family that included tough, greedy grandparents standing by their young daughter who had three kids. This family had their share of problems, but no one else could come up against them. This family lived in a two-bedroom apartment with six people, where six people stayed there. A mother and her three children shared a bed. There was one television in the living room for the family. There was not a television in every room. The children did not care because their fun time was spent playing outside. The children ate what was cooked. There was not much eating out at restaurants. This black girl was tomboy. She climbed trees. She flipped. And she, she fell in love with playing basketball. She always dared to be different. She had dreams, but she made many mistakes. She never pushed herself. And she will not perfect her craft. I will not make this story about beating up on this young girl. <clears throat> the unwillingness to work hard has cost a 42-year-old woman today. <clears throat> she works for a company that pays a decent wage, but she is not fulfilled. This woman has lost a lot. She even almost lost a leg. She has been in multiple car accidents that could have taken her life. God saw fit to keep her here. Her storms, her storms have kept her humble. The thing is, she did not embrace what God was trying to do until now. Now, I couldn't get into detail because I didn't want to make that story too long. But that's a little bit about who I am. That story was about. I'm pretty sure you know that that story was about me. And <clears throat> the biggest part that I want to uh, speak on, the thing that I mentioned in that story was about almost losing my leg. And I've told this story before, but sometimes it, 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 it comes back up. The moment that it happened, what I went through to get back on my feet, and being able to now have this mentality where 
I want to learn how to embrace the struggles. I want to learn to not take every trial and tribulation as something I have to worry about and something that makes me sit down and question God and why should I keep hope alive. Thinking about that <clears throat> that moment that I was laying on the ground in the cold in the early morning waiting on the ambulance to come and pick me up and take me to the emergency room. I forget about that moment sometimes, but more now it rises up because it's helping me to understand that it has shaped me and molded me to to want to work harder, to know that I can do anything that I put my mind to, because when 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 I when I broke my leg, I did not think that I would walk again. Even though the doctors told me that I would, but I I I developed a strength that I didn't even know I had. When I went to physical therapy, to go through that physical therapy to to get around on one leg, hopping on a walker, it was just <clears throat> something within me never let me go give up and I know it was God because like I said there were times where I got frustrated there were times where I said I probably won't ever walk again I won't be the same but the only thing that's left from that from that situation and that storm is the 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 the, the dent in my leg and I'm okay with that because I can look at it, and I can honestly say I came from, I came up out of that, and I think it made me better. <clears throat> That's why I'm telling this story. And I also want us to learn to embrace that, embrace our testimonies. We got to learn to embrace our testimonies. And I'll break down what I mean. Let me break that down. Let me explain. We have many trials and tribulations in life. And nobody likes struggling. Nobody likes facing trials. Nobody likes when things go bad. Nobody likes to hear about a pandemic. Ravaging the whole world. Nobody wants to hear about a war. Where a man is so greedy for power. That he is just killing anybody in his path. He doesn't care. He's leaving bodies. And he's leaving chaos in, in a country. And he doesn't have a care. He doesn't have any remorse. Nobody wants to embrace watching police who are supposed to protect us take out and kill people. And it's almost like it's for sport. <clears throat> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to embrace that. Nobody wants to take those moments, those pivotal moments in life and say, 
let me find the blessing and the hope in this situation. Let me understand what I really truly need to get out of this situation. What do you get from a pandemic that you don't know where it's coming from? Experts don't know where it's coming from. But it's making people sick and it's killing people. And and and, 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 people, and experts are saying it's in the air. We don't know what we don't know what it is. We don't know why it's going. What 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 to start to 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 get the problem under control? How do you embrace <clears throat> watching police officers? And we we we. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the the race problem within that within the confines of of police brutality i don't want to speak on that but just to watch the way these police officers are brutally killing black men i'm not going to get into to into that because that's not what this what this episode is about but I just want us to understand that everything doesn't have to feel like it's the end of the world. Everything doesn't have to feel like there's no hope. And that's what this episode is about. What, where can we find that moment in these tragic situations where can we find that moment where we say there's still hope? There's still a reason to smile. There's still a reason to get up in the morning and feel good and find a blessing in waking up in the morning. Not getting to that place where you say, what, is, what am I doing? Why am I here? What, what, what? What reason do I have to keep going, to keep pushing forward? That's what this episode is about. This episode is about there is hope. And and we have to find that hope in the fact that we can we can return to our first love. We can return to the person that we, we, we run from and and disrespect on every level and at every turn. We can return. And he's waiting right there with open arms, ready to embrace us, ready to love on us, ready to put us in our rightful place in his fam in, in his kingdom. He's right there waiting. And and, and I think I want to mention this because I I was I've been reading Martin Luther King Dr. Martin Luther King's book Where do we go from here from chaos to community And 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 I I said this in my YouTube video a couple of days ago and I want to mention it again and because I think it's a big issue and I think it's the biggest issue in America today it's the power struggle. 
we crave and we want power. And we have been made to believe that power is in money. And because of that, we lack love. And then those who who have love sometimes feel like they lack power. You you the the two have to the two go together. They go hand in hand. And that's what Dr. Martin Luther King said in his book. He said, if you just have power without love, you have a an abusive an abusive person. If there, if 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 you see somebody that has power but they lack love, they are going to be hateful. They're going to be abusive. They're not going to have compassion. They're not going to show mercy. That's what power without love does. And love without power, my, Dr. Martin Luther King said, is anemic. Meaning that you just love. And then you see you you see so much evil that you feel powerless. You feel like you sit there and you watch a George Floyd get get a knee put in his neck, and he he's he's gasping for air and he's he's begging and pleading for his life, and and we sit there and we watch that. And we feel powerless, but we have love. We have compassion. We can, you have you have some people that that are ignorant who say, "Well, he was just uh, this 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 uh, man who had nothing going for himself. He was a drug addict. Whatever you want to, whatever stigma, whatever stereotype you want to place on this man, there there are so many people who have compassion." Who had love. Who looked at that situation. And it enraged them. But you felt powerless. Because you're like what can I do. And then you had those who went out there. And they're trying to fight. And they're trying to get justice for George Floyd. And 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 they wouldn't pass the law. So, so there again. You're like okay I have no power. Where is our power. And then it's, it's continuing to go on. The, the situations continue to happen. Routine traffic stops turn into a fatal, a fatal traffic stop. It is so awful. So when we experience situations like the loss of loved ones. And I'll give you scriptures to go with this. When, when you lose a loved one, it hurts. And, and we're selfish in those moments. Because we're like, I'm, I'm, I want them still to be here. But if a person is ready and they're, and they're tired and, they're, and they have no more strength to go on, it's selfish of us to want them to stay here. And, and 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 continue to endure pain, suffering. It's painful to watch somebody with cancer sit there and deteriorate, and you're just watching, but you still want them here. You still want them to be here with you, and so you become selfish. 
Now, Lamentations 28, I mean, Lamentations 3 and 28 through 33 says it this way in the Message Bible. When life is heavy and hard to take, go out by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full, take it full face. The worst is never the worst. So, and it also says, because the master, the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. He takes no pleasure in making life hard and throwing roadblocks in the way. So, let me read that again. When life is heavy and hard to take, go out by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why can you feel like that? Why can you bow down on your knees? And why should you bow down on your knees and face trouble? And say to yourself, the worst is not the worst. Lamentation says, because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, means if he takes a loved one or any tragedy strikes your life, he will also bring a calm, a tenderness, a love that he can, he can help mend whatever is broken in us. Whenever we feel like there's no hope. He can, he can also give us that hope through his word. If you feel like, oh, he, he's tragically taking a loved one from me. But he also can give you, put you in that space where you're not selfish. And you can say, God, thank you for the time that I had with that person. Thank you because you've taken that, that person out of this place of suffering. You, 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 you. Brought them home with you. And now they're safe. Now they're okay. Now they don't have to sit there and experience the pain of, of, of a doctor sticking them with a needle. Taking blood. Um, telling them something else is wrong when they were dealing with one problem. Then the doctor says this is also wrong. And they continue to do things. Pump you with medicine. Telling you this is going to make you better and it only makes you feel worse. And it also says his stockpiles of loyal love are immense. He takes no pleasure in making life hard and throwing roadblocks in the way. So he takes no pleasure in our pain. He doesn't take pleasure in knowing that you're going to hurt if you lose a loved one. He wants us to understand that that time will come for everyone. But we can't be selfish. We have to embrace that moment and carry on that person's legacy. If that person if that person was a a, a great kind-hearted person, keep that person's life alive 
through legacy by carrying on whatever they started, whatever they did in life. Continue it. Whatever they taught you, whatever they brought to your life, embrace it and go out and be the best version of yourself that you can be. That's why you can have hope even in the time of loss. Because you know that, hey, that person is still alive in me. That person, I can remember in a moment when, when, when that person was facing a trial and they, they, they handled it like this. That's how you keep that person's legacy going. Whatever they brought to, the, to your life, if they were able to make you smile, you start to be a blessing and make people smile. Embrace those moments that you spent with them and keep those memories locked in your mind and in your heart. And even sometimes talk about them. Think about them. And I could give you several moments where I I, I think about the, the, the family members that I lost. But I could think about the good times. I don't have to think about they're not here anymore. I don't have to think about... You know, why they're not here anymore. I don't question it. I can think about my granddaddy telling you, you know, y'all better sit y'all rump down or, you know, saying you're crazy in a duck or, you know, just funny moments when he when he would do things and you'd be like, this man is, is something else. I can think about my grandmama when she would just talk fast. And you be like, what did she just say? Because she'll get upset and she just talk fast. I could think about my uncle when he was just silly and he would just dance and thought he was the best dancer in the world. I could think about my little cousin Kenan where he was just just cool. He was just so cool and nothing rattled him, you know. You never saw him get upset, you know. He was just, even though he was young, he just had a... A old soul, but he was calm. He just always, even, you know, when you felt like, I can, I can tell you plenty of stories where he maintained his cool. So those are the things that you do when you feel like, man, they're not here anymore. But you can't take that as, hey, all hope is gone. You carry that legacy on. You be cool under pressure like some like you saw somebody, you saw a loved one who you lost do. You know, you if they were cool and 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 kind-hearted person, carry that on. Continue that. So, why do you have hope? How can how do you maintain hope when when people hurt you? How do you keep from putting yourself in a place where you say, hey, I want revenge. I want this person to feel what I feel. And therein lies that selfishness again, that, that human nature. You, you hurt me, I got to hurt you. I feel pain, I want you to feel pain. I want you to feel the same exact pain that you caused me to feel. And And... It's so strange that we, we, we think in that we feel that way. 
but without hope. That's why we all feel that way. We're all human. We're all we all make mistakes. But the thing about it is when you when you gravitate towards love, when you gravitate towards love, you find yourself realizing and 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 understanding that even if you take vengeance, have you ever have you ever tried to seek revenge and you did something that maybe you felt like you 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 were able to pay that person back for how they hurt you? But have you ever sat and 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 in the moment and realized you still don't feel better? You still don't feel good about what they did to you? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever been in that moment where you said, "I took revenge, I sought revenge, and even when I got it, I still didn't feel good. I still didn't feel like." The pain was gone from what they did. So when you, so how do you have hope when somebody hurts you? God says, vengeance is mine. What is he telling you? That when someone hurts you, they hurt him. So he will repay them for hurting him. See, that's the biggest thing. We think everything is about us. We think everything is about us. We think we're, we're that special that it's, everything is about us. When you say you are a child of God, you say you belong to God, when somebody comes up against you, and even in the moments where you're trying to tell them the truth, and they get angry with you, they're not getting angry with you, they're getting angry with God. Because God is love. God is the truth. His word is true. So they don't get mad at, 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 at you. They get mad at God. Think about the story of Moses when his sister and brother were trying to come up against him because they were jealous. Because they were like, well, we can basically, I, we, we are able to do what uh, Moses is able to do. Who is Moses? Why does he get this special treatment? Well, God struck them with leprosy. And Moses prayed for them. Moses went to God on their behalf to help them out. He didn't try to repay them and say, that's what you get. He said he prayed for them. He prayed that, 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 that God would, would, would heal his sister from leprosy. And, and we have to realize that you can't always pay people back. Because God will deal with them. God dealt with, with, with Moses' sister. So Moses didn't have to deal with her. Moses, had to, Moses ended up having to be the one to intercede on her behalf. So he didn't have to repay her. God repaid him because who Moses is to him. And the same thing is true for us. That's how we can maintain that hope that when people hurt us, they hurt God. And when they hurt God, God will deal with them. You don't have to deal with them. You have to pray for them. That's how you keep that hope that you hurt me. I don't have to hurt you back. He also wants us to understand that 
We want compassion because we've hurt people before. You've hurt somebody before in, in the past. You've done some wrong to somebody. And you want that you want that compassion. You want that forgiveness. You want that mercy. So we have to also put it in perspective. Like somebody hurt me. I got to think about I've hurt somebody before. And I wanted forgiveness so I can forgive. But in that forgiveness, you have to learn how to deal with that person. You may have to learn how to deal with that person differently. So that if that, that situation comes up again, you will handle it better. And we got to think also about justice. You can't right a wrong if we only want to heal our bruised ego. Even, even in the George Floyd situation. It may, you have people that want to fight for justice. But is it justice or is it us wanting to heal, finally feel like we're healing from the pain of slavery and the, and, and the times where white people just, just dog black people out? Is it really about justice? Is it really about justice? Because racism is a heart issue. So if it's a, if if it's really about justice then you will fight in such a way where you won't you you, you won't feel like you you you're trying to you won't get so angry that it comes off like you you you're ready to be violent at some point or we become violent and belligerent Justice is about God's justice now. God's justice is about the last thing that I want to talk about. The reason why God says vengeance is mine is because when he takes vengeance, he, he's working on the heart of a person. And he wants to bring them to repentance. He wants to bring them to a place where they're remorseful. And they change who they are. That's what his vengeance is about. That's what he he seeks in vengeance. His vengeance isn't about I want to hurt you. I want you to feel pain. I want you to feel what I feel. No, I want you to have a change of heart. I want you to stop putting your, your knee <clears throat> or, or looking at a black person like they're nothing. And decide now I'll put my knee on your neck until you can't breathe. That's what God wants. He wants you to change your heart where you don't tackle a man to the ground. Pull your gun out and shoot him in the back of the head mercenary style. See, when we see those things, our, our minds go straight to a place like I want them to pay. God's heart is I want them to change. I want them to first start to see that these, these people, the black people that you see, they are made in my image. So they are not nobodies. They, are, they mean something to me. They are special people. 
That's the first thing that, that white people have to change. Stop looking at us through one lens and thinking that you can you, you have to treat all of us you have to treat us bad. Stop looking at through at, at us through one lens. That we, we, we were treated this way in 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 in, in the Back in the day, and I could still treat you this way today because you're still a nobody to me. God wants to change their heart. When they look at us and recognize us as human beings, then they'll stop deciding that I could shoot you in the back of the head. And I'll get away with it. And it's nothing you and nobody else can do. So our vengeance is all about, he got to pay. You ever thought about, think about when Derek Chauvin was, was convicted. It was still not enough. And you know why it was still not enough? Because if you looked in that man's face and you listened to the rhetoric afterwards, this man still felt like he did nothing wrong. He never once said that was a human being and I'm sorry that I took his life. That's why it wasn't enough. Because his heart wasn't changed. Even though he was convicted, his heart never changed. And then you have to think about his heart didn't change. But what if he gets off in a couple of years? What good was it to convict him? See, if he had some remorse, that's why you have to let God deal with, with people. Because he'll bring them to a place of, I got to change. I have to do something different. So that's why you, you should be able to have hope when, when, when somebody hurts you. Because the way God is going to deal with them. They'll have a change of heart. And not be able to sit there and blame you and say you're overreacting and they didn't do anything wrong and uh, you took it the wrong way or any of those things. Any of those blanket excuses that people give when they hurt you. And you tell them that they hurt you. What do you do? When those moments that I just spoke of bring you to a place of, I'm not content. Even though you got a roof over your head, you got a job, you have food on the table, I'm still not happy. I'm still not fulfilled. And I'm still not content. Luke 12 and 15 says, and he said to them, talking about Jesus, take care and be on your guard against all covetedness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And you know why I chose that scripture? Because look at what he said. He said, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. You know why we're discon you know why we're not content? Because we, we look at we're looking at everybody else. And we're saying, look at them. Like we may look at at, 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 at the white police officers. 
Oh, they can shoot somebody and get away with it. If I shoot somebody, I'm a black person. I shoot somebody, I'm going to jail. If I don't want to have what somebody else has, I don't want other people's blessings. Well, I don't want other. I don't want to do wrong because somebody else did wrong. I don't want to say white people get away with everything. Whatever that, if it's wrong. They're not going to get away with it. I don't want to be able to storm the Capitol building and, and, and not get killed because white people were able to do it. I don't want to do that. It's not important that, to feel like, oh, they got away with that. And, 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 and I, I, so I should be able to get away with doing this. Don't get tired of doing right because other people's ignorance leads them to do wrong. Don't covet somebody being able to eat steak and potatoes every day. Because that doesn't mean that they're living the good life. They may eat steak and potatoes every day, but inside they're miserable. They're broken. They, they, don't have, they have no peace. They have nothing but, but their money. And money is not enough. Possessions are not enough. You can fill your house with many things. And you can sit in that house and you can be lonely. Think about somebody like Michael Jackson, Lord rest his soul. Had what we would call everything. What he, but, but. He didn't have the joy of being a child. So he he's a grown man bringing children to his house. And then he's everybody that loved him at one point. Now to them, he's a criminal. He's a pedophile. And that's the stigma that's left on his name. Even though he was one of the greatest entertainers. And he entertained us all for, for all of his life. That's all he did was entertain us. That was his life. That was his whole legacy. And then when he brought kids to his home. So he could find some type of. Peace. We want. We think we know. Oh he, he just. He, he wanted to molest these little kids. And we don't know he probably did, but, but, I don't covet what he had, because he did not have everything. He did not have a child. He entertained us from a little boy all the way up until he died. Because... It was a he was a storyline when they were saying he was a pedophile. So that was that was giving people something to talk about. When he when he said he was gonna come back and do his world or this is it tour. It was all about our entertainment. It was never about the human being. And none of his 
possessions. Keep this in mind. Never Neverland is now what? <laughs> it couldn't go with him. His estate, his family's fighting over it. So we have to put those things in perspective when we are not content with what God has blessed us with. You got a roof over your head. You got food to eat. You're blessed. You're blessed. You might not have what somebody else has. But it's not meant for us all to have the same blessings. Imagine how boring life would be if we all had the same things, looked the same. I mean, how boring would life be? God made us all different for a reason. He made us different for a reason. We have to have hope in our times of discontentment. When we lose loved ones, when people hurt us. This is how we have hope. We have hope through the, the fact that God knows all who belong to him. And he will take care of us. Even when you feel unfulfilled. Ephesians 3, 17, 19 says. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So when you feel unfulfilled. When you feel discontent. When you're looking around. And you're looking at everybody else in their life. And you feel discontent. And you feel unfulfilled. Know the love. Of God. And we'll find our strength. And we'll find our power. And we'll have knowledge. That surpasses worldly knowledge and wisdom. Because people will probably be asking you. Man why are you smiling and all of this, this is going on. When you can put yourself in a place of peace. And you can smile when all hell is breaking loose. That's God, and that's the power of God, and that's the love of God. We are where we are for a reason. We all, we all have a season. It is about what you do during that season. Proverbs 18, 10, and 11 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. And like a high wall in his imagination. What's a strong tower? It's a central place where people ran to the fields to be safe. To, to get to safety. When, when, when trouble came. So God is in, in, in that central place. It was at the center of a city. It was, the central, it was the central place of a city, which is in the center of that city. And people ran to it. And people ran to it for safety. 
So you can't run to the government. You, we shouldn't run to the government to feel safe from the police. We shouldn't run to the government to feel safe in our finances. You can't run to these outside sources when the central tower, the strong tower, is right there. And that strong tower is God. He's right there. Right there. Right there. And he needs to be at the center of your life. So that when you don't feel safe, you can run to that strong tower. And feel that safety. Because notice what he said. A rich man's wealth is his city. That's his, that's his, his protection. At least that's what he thinks. Because he says then, and it's like a high wall in his imagination. So he thinks he's put up this security blanket because he has money. But let me let me show you how that security, that wall can be torn down. Look at Will Smith. You go from winning an Oscar for best actor to making one mistake and 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 Everybody, you're the bun of everybody's joke. Every, every, you're weak. You're, you're emasculated. Jada, need, Jada is just taking you down. Uh, you're really living this awful life. Even though we're not in your home, everybody has their opinion and we think we know what your life really is like. So you went from one night about to be celebrated. For doing a great work to making a mistake or doing something silly to now he's weak. He's a he's a, he's being emasculated. He's he's not a man. To to now even your kids don't love you. Your daughter loved another man that that was not her father. So all of this now is being put on you. So his wealth, the prestige of being wealthy, could not protect Will Smith when he made a mistake or when he made a bad decision. It, his wealth could not protect him. In his mind, he probably thought, felt like, I can do this. I'll get away with it because I'm Will Smith. I'm Will Smith. Everybody loves me. I'm the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Who does not love Will Smith? So you go from that in one moment to being the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, best actor, to you're, you're emasculated, you're not a man, your wife is the devil, and you got kids that don't love you. Man. Who can you turn to when all of that is, is being said about you as a human being? You go to that strong tower. You find that safety in that strong tower. So guys, my time is almost up. I will end this episode like I end every episode with God having the final say. And I'm coming from James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial.
For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So guys, be blessed. Have a beautiful rest of your Saturday. I love you guys. And I want to say this. God may not be there when you want him. But he'll be there in the nick of time. Guys have, guys, have a great day. I love you guys. Peace.